Welcome back to Some Geeks Podcast. We are your hosts, William Belk and David Shablock. Uh, David, why don't you tell us what you've been up to, man? Oh, just been busy. Uh, you know, I started the new job, uh, you know, started with a nice commute to Cincinnati and uh, I'm loving it, loving the new company. Things are going great and we are going, uh, going to have a lot of fun. I've uh, got some personal things I'm uh, dealing with in life too, as we all do, but I've also got uh, a lot of exciting things come up. Uh, I've got some interest. I, I, it looks like, it looks good. It's not a confirmed yet, but it looks like that uh, I, at least, and hopefully you, will be at SimOps in Cincinnati and as well as uh, the Dallas SimGhost. We have to submit for that one, but it's looking good that I'll be in Memphis uh, myself, unfortunately, uh, not have you there. But uh, the Memphis SimGhost, and it's looking good to be in Cincinnati for SimOps. So what do you got going on? Well, currently in Cleveland, uh, again, so I love coming out here, teaching at Case Western this week, doing uh, the full motion flight simulation. So we do everything from going, making the team fly out to where they're going to pick up the patient. They go in, they actually treat the patient bedside like they would any other hospital, and then they bring them back, put them in the helicopter, fly back to wherever it is they're going to drop them off at, get off, unload it. And so it's kind of nice running full length simulations for us. Normally, you know, we jump in a lab, we're in a room for 15, 20 minutes and we talk about it here. We have flights for maybe two, two and a half hours by the time it's done. Oh, and dude, uh, I would love to come out and look at that. I mean, that just sounds so amazing. It's awesome. I've been getting spoiled too, because this is not normally, it doesn't fall within my realm. So I've been out here several times. I come out and help when they need it. Well, we've had some, uh, I won't call it turnover. They've been promoted. We've had some of our guys that normally come out here have moved out of education into other departments Growth and, so, and expansion is good. Exactly. So, but that opened up for me is like, hey, well, you know what you're doing out here. How about you come out and help us out again? Oh, hell yeah, let's do this. Oh, yeah. uh, and so this time we're we're actually staying at the the Tudor Arms Hotel, which is now a double tree. But this was Al Capone's hotel back in the 30s. Did you and get so, cookies? And so I well, I'm sure I could have. I always skip the front desk because I, I don't love, deal with that bullshit. Oh, I love the cookies. <laughs> it used to be they used to be warm cookies, big walnut. Anyways, that's not yep. that's not the podcast. Yeah, so uh, so the hotel is really badass too. The, the Al Capone had a private pool carved out of the basement of this place back in the day, and so you can take a tour and go check it out. And and it's within walking oh, distance of the university. Pictures where so, it didn't happen. Yep. So we can see pictures. see the lab from here. We just get up early in the morning. It has been fucking cold this week, though. Like, <laughs> brutal. Welcome to Ohio. I know. It's we were talking about that too. Being in Colorado, and, I, and now I live in Montana. 20 degrees is 20 degrees, eight degrees, eight degrees. And out here, I swear to God, it feels 30 degrees colder than it is just because of the water coming off the lake, right? The moisture, the humidity, it's brutally it's, it's, cold here. It's Ohio. It's so funny because right before you got here, did you see what the weather was? I like haven't looked now. 50s. Swear to God, we had like, I know, we had like two or three days of 50s and then bam, right in the face, teens at night. Which, you know, that brings up a good point. You and I normally record in two different time zones, two hours apart. And here we are, been in the same time zone all week. And it has been hell for us to try and coordinate our schedules. No. It's like normally it's midnight for you. And I'm trying to wind down around 10 o'clock. And right now it's 11 o'clock at night. Yep. We're, we're finally able to link it up. And we both have to be up in six hours. Woohoo! Yep, this is, starting all this over is the joy of what we do. We do it because we love it. So anyways, uh, this week, what are we talking about? Let's jump in and talk about a little bit of moulage stuff. We've got a, a whole series that we've been talking about doing on moulage, and we keep kicking it back and forth. Came back forth. It's like, you know what? It's time. Let's just do, let's get started. Let's Start just talk about with the that. series. Yep. yep. Absolutely. You know, the basics, you know, our very first episode, we talked about kind of our top three things that we have to have. Today, let's just jump into 
the start. Absolute basic stuff. And then later on, we'll get into silicones and latex and oh, prosthetics yeah. and all the other fun shit that goes with it. So yeah, this is going to be the first of at least a three-part series. Uh, knowing us, we'll probably make it more. But uh, so this is going to be just the basics, getting started, and that sort of thing. So uh, first off, we're going to start with the review, and I'm going to let you uh, lead off on that. So what's yeah, so, the most important part? So you and I look at this a little bit differently, I think. But for me, the the biggest thing, of course, is making sure we take care of not only ourselves but the people that we're putting shit onto, right? And a lot of what we do anymore, we're not painting on people. We tend to be painting on plastic, so allergies are not a problem. However, if we are working with SPs, or we talked about mass casualty in the last episode, we're talking about using live actors. We need to be extra cautious when we're taking brushes and paints from one person to the next and then making sure, of course, before we go cover somebody in paint that they're not allergic to one of the components. So, so to be clear for the cast is we're going to talk about safety. Safety first. If any of you follow uh, Thingergy out there, which is an amazing studio that does cool things, is they have t-shirts even that says safety never takes a vacation. So that's the number one thing to think of first. Yeah, so, so, so like I said... Pay attention to what it is you're working with. If I'm working in a lab for the day and all I'm gonna do is paint on a mannequin, then it's my safety I'm worried about because I can't really hurt the mannequin. Uh, but when we start talking about painting on other people, that's when that all those makeup allergies and other things start to come out, making sure that we're being careful. We use you know, alcohol paints around the eyes, et cetera. Make sure that you're just paying attention to what you're doing and just be cautious. That's one thing I try to do is anytime I buy something new, I usually use it in how I'm going to intend to use it on real people, but I got to do it on myself. I've got that rule where I will not put something on someone that has not been used exactly in the same way on myself because I would rather hurt myself than anybody else I touch. The other thing that uh, I like to talk about is um, impalements. And, you know, safety with impalements are this. Um, I got asked to do a nail in the eye. And the standard, you know, Hollywood way is to, you know, if you're going to do a, an impalement is first off, safety, safety, safety. And usually they will build really expensive rigs. But if you're doing it on the cheap, they'll take a, like a straw and they'll put a little piece of foam in the end and all that. And this was going to be for a child that I've never met. And I'm like, mm, I know that's the way. But all I can think of is my kid or a kid I've never met falling down with a straw glued to their eye and now we have real injury so just be cognizant of what you're doing never be gluing real metal and shards and pieces to people and strapping them to them because you know we don't we do simulated injuries we don't do you know real injuries so don't do anything uh you know as far as it's going to hurt somebody and when you're talking about hurting somebody also think about how these people are to be placed uh it is an 80 90 degree day and you are going to put somebody in the shade on concrete, they're going to be hypothermic. It's just going to happen. And you, you can't just think it's so hot out. Concrete is brutal and holds that cold in. So you've got to be thinking about this. So we're wanting to kind of do this as a review of some things that we've talked about before. Um, you know, so uh, that's why we're kind of going over this stuff real quickly. So let's jump into something. This is that I brought this up before too. This is kind of your tagline that I stole from you over you know, a year and a half or so ago. But when it comes to what we do, when we're talking about medical simulation, we don't need movie quality moulage, right? A lot of times this is not being done even on stage or in front of a bunch of other people. Really all I need to do is get across a point to my learners, which is again, what are your learning objectives, right? Get, get that figured out 
if I go and make 47 bullet holes in people, they don't all have to be movie quality. They don't have to look amazing. They just need to get the point across of, okay, that's what it's supposed to be. And then you can assess the patient and treat them appropriately. I am so glad you brought up the 47 bullet holes thing because we've done this and I go to events and what I try to think about is what are my treatment pathways? Okay, so as a paramedic, I look at things, the injuries that I'm given for my patients and I go, okay, what is the difference between two or one lethal bullet shot, uh, bullet you know, strike versus 47? And I mean, yes, it's dramatic and it's all cool, but again, it wastes a lot of time. It's just going to be a huge time suck putting a bunch of rounds through a patient, you know, and doing the blood and doing all that stuff. And that also comes up with amputations. Um, one of my biggest things that I was taught, and it makes so much sense, is amputations and major lacerations in an extremity the treatment pathway is the same. So if you walk up on somebody who has a below knee amputation, hey, Will, what are you going to do to that patient? Yeah. So for the most part, and I'm actually going to tell my own story about this too, it's tourniquet. You're going to get something on there, control the bleeding, right? And it doesn't matter if it's chopped off or if it's just mangled pretty badly. We and, and actually, hey, if it's a large femoral bleed, what are you going to do to that? Same thing. There you go. So we actually modified a scenario based on this, that we had an amputation scenario that we were running and it was running fine. It was doing great, but it's a real pain in the ass, even on the mannequin to amputate and then put the damn thing back together every day. And so we modified that scenario to a massive like mangled extremity laceration that we can then peel the hell off and stick back on the next day and not have to take the whole thing apart, not have to worry about bundling up the wires and keeping them sealed out so we don't have to get water or anything into them. So clapping. Yeah. You can't see this guys on the podcast, but I'm sitting here clapping because it makes my heart happy when he says stuff like this. So, I mean, and that's the thing. So can you, now this is going to be me being devil's advocate. Well, I have role players and this is a mass casualty. Can I do an amputated? I, I am committed to this and it's in my scenarios that I have to have an amputated patient. Can I do it? Yeah, it can be done. It's a lot it of work. It can be done. What, what do I need? This is, this, is a, this is a test. What do I need to do an amputation? Find an amputee. Thank you. <laughs> Don't hide the leg. Don't hide the leg. Don't hide the leg. Don't hide the Yes, you can get away with hiding an arm. Still don't do it. And don't hide the leg. No matter what, unless you chop the patient's leg off, you're stuck with that leg and you got to do something hokey. And you can't transport the patient. You can't. That, that gets back to my three words I hate. Don't simulate pretend and I was gonna. Well, just uh, simulate that that leg is gone. Come on. Really? Stop it. Just, just stop it. Yep, absolutely. If you're going to do something like that and you have access to a group of people that are willing to come out and be actors and one of them happens to be an amputee, then that's the answer to that question. If not, the major laceration, the mangled extremity, moulage them up is way better than trying to figure out like, well, hey, I got to cut a hole in the bed now to stick the knee down. All you know, Below the knee has to go down through the hole in the bed. It's just a real pain in the ass. And EMS can't transport that because they're not going to transport the bed. And if you're going to do a real scenario triage and transport so anyways that's that's my soapbox what's the uh what's the next thing we want to talk about moving on it's got to be anatomically correct if we're going to design something or we're going to build any kind of moulage if we're basically what we're looking for is it doesn't have to move equality but it does have to at least make sense and so making sure that we we match anatomy uh when we are when so we're designing this mean? What, do, what do you mean anatomically correct 
if you want to do a laceration for a scenario like we're just talking about so i'm not going to amputate it i'm going to do a massive laceration i'm doing a mangled extremity then it can't just be an extremity with a bunch of red shit painted on it right i need to be able to see that there's multiple layers to that wound and yes that means time and that does mean additional skill is required however it has to be there enough that they are going to recognize how advanced that injury is, how serious it is for them to order in order for them to respond appropriately. But I've got this big prosthetic and that's the only time in this whole episode I'm going to name that word, but I've got this big one and it's nice fatty. It's got a fatty bleed on it. And I want to put it on the direct center of the sternum of a hundred pound uh, uh, male. Yeah, well, that tib fib, tib fib is sticking out of their sternum and spraying blood out there. Yeah, exactly. So again, <laughs> you've got to have reference. You've got to have good reference. And I was actually trying to find my, my latest uh, reference book um, uh, by Wetworks Studio Creator. Uh, you can get them on Amazon. It's great. It's just a good reference book. And I'll try to post the link up uh, in the show notes. And by the way, we're really trying to get good at uh, putting some really good information in the show notes. Uh, the 3D printing uh, episode, I, I actually keep going back. I haven't told this to Will, but I keep going back and adding more and more and more. But anyways, have reference. If you're not clinical, if you're not medical, make sure that if these people come to you and ask for it, say, give me a reference photo. I want a picture of what you want, where this is and go with it before the day of the exercise. So, you can find okay. anything on the internet. People, people post pictures of some of the most gruesome shit on the internet. And so if you need a reference, I guarantee you, you can find it out there. Chainsaw to the chest, chainsaw to the leg, Google it. You're going to get a picture of what you want. Again, you don't have to make it look exactly like the picture, but you should at least have that appearance when you're putting it together. The only thing I'll say about that is don't be fooled by a good makeup job. And I'm telling you, I've been fooled uh, and things like that. So you've got to make sure you know what you're getting, where you're getting it from. And most of the good people say, I know I put out a good makeup, but don't copy that. Not because I care about you copying it, but I want you to use good reference. Don't copy a makeup because sometimes they're not. I mean, depends on who you're looking at, but look, use good reference. That's all I care about. So, so you talk okay. about references too. And, and remember, there are textbooks out there for special effects makeup. There's textbooks out there specific to moulage. I, I really, this is one that I, I use at work is that is Bobby America's textbook. And I'm sorry, I cannot for the life of me remember the actual name of it, but I think it's just called Medical Moulage. Medical moulage. Yes. There you go. And I think it, it's not cheap. It's like a hundred, hundred, book. 150 bucks or something like that on Amazon. Massive book. The only thing I don't like about the book is there's quite a bit of it that's food based and I just can't stand using food products and moulage. But and you know, you got to find it. That goes back to what we said about you got to find what works for you and you can still use the reference. Um, you know, Bobby put so much work into that and did a great job. But again, it, 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 it cornerstones around something I am just not good at, which is gel effects. And it, it's a great material. I'm just not good with it. So it can still be a great reference manual. And I'm trying to look up what the actual name is it of it. Well, we, we, we did not prepare to talk about your book, Miss America. If you happen to be listening, I kind of doubt it. Yeah. You're, so you, you mentioned gel effects. Gel effects are exactly that. They're very, they're awesome if you know how to use them and you spend the time with them. And I, I'm definitely not amazing with it. The one thing I will say about gel effects is when you look at it as far as cost, it really is a cheap medium to work with. It doesn't look like it is because you're going to drop 40, 50, 100 bucks to get started, but you're going to have, you can buy eight ounce slabs for like 30 bucks. And then you just melt them down and pour them back into the slab and you can reuse it as long as it's not dirty. 
The name of the book, by the way, in, on Amazon is Medical Moulage, How to Make Your Simulations Come Alive by Bobby Merica. The book is currently 98.80, and uh, it's in a lot of sim labs, and I've seen it in a lot of places. So uh, it, it's a good reference. Being, you that's know. come down, because I, I swear I paid like 140 or 150. Yep. Yeah, used to be 150. That's good. And like I said, that's a decent book. Uh, there was a- and she's good people. You want to support her. And she actually, unfortunately, had a huge tragedy befall her, I think, in the fires of California last year. So, again, good people support good people. We were passionate about that and, and a supporter of our industry. All right, man. So let's uh, let's talk about materials. And again, we, we can spend days talking about silicones and everything else. We talk about prosthetics, but just talk about makeup. Yep. What do we need? This what is the basic. Jump? So talk about makeup uh what is the one thing we find in every moulage kit on the face of this earth tell me what it is so this is actually not only is it something we use all the time it's something i really enjoy using and i know you're not exactly in the same thing but cream makeups are huge and so i, I have several different cream palettes i carry a bunch of bruise wheels around with me when i travel uh, not, that and, we're, not that we're sponsored by any of these, but give me, give me a couple <laughs> of brand names so, so people know what we're talking about. So the, the one that I use the most as far as a cream palette is the Ben Nye FX palette. And I think it's about 80 bucks. It has 17 or 18 different colors in it. Oh, you get the big boy one. I get the big one. and then, Oh, I've got uh, one of those too. And, 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 but you can start at the bruise wheels, the effects wheels at 20 yep. bucks. If you're really good, you can find them cheaper. I have found them on discounts. Uh, so look for them. But you're talking about the pro kit. And yeah, they, they've got yep. that kit and it's awesome. I've got one. But uh, don't feel you have to jump into the pool at $80. Oh, so yeah. So let's, let's talk about that real quick. So cream makeup wheels, Ben Nye makes a bruise wheel, Maron makes a bruise wheel, Graftobian makes a bruise wheel. They're all exactly the same in my book. I think they're all decent products. And then there's this- There will be differences, but yes, they're- Slight color changes. My non-professional ways for my use, it's the same. Is there any difference? Yeah, not, not something I need to worry about. But then we talk about, if you get on Amazon and start searching around, I found these little 11 forever, I think is what it's called, or 11 ever yep. uh, bruise wheels. I want to say I paid $5.99 a piece for them. Yeah, it took like three weeks for them to show up from China. That is what my company has in all of our sim centers right now because I found them this last year as we were preparing for simulation. So far, I've had no reason to say, oh, no, you need to spend the extra 14 bucks and buy one of the other ones. But, you know, again, you're buying something when you spend that extra 14 bucks, you're buying something from a company that's well supported, well researched versus waiting for something from China. That's never been, you know, tested. And what never takes a vacation. Oh, safety. So the only thing I'll say about that is when you're buying from a reputable company from a reputable supplier, um, I talk a lot about friends beauty again, not sponsored, but if uh, you go to friends beauty supply online and you sign up for their friends with benefits program, you get 10% off of pretty much everything on their website. And then that makes it usually a little bit cheaper, but scout the deals. Which but is either the worst name ever or the best oh, name ever oh, for a it points is. program. But and it's I not can't friends it like you and I are friend. It's friend, but it's without the I. So just put it in Dr. Google. Dr. Google will find it. But if you're buying a bed and I makeup wheel off of um, eBay or Alibaba, chances are it's a copy and you don't know what's in that makeup. And that's what scares me about the discount stuff. I love saving money. And if I'm using it on a mannequin, don't care. But if I'm putting it on a person, I like to pay in the good brand, knowing that I can sleep at night, that I'm not putting herpes on a patient, on a real person. 
So, so what's next? So we've got next three one makeups. we're going to talk about RMG, RMG, which is rubber mask grease or grease paint for you. Uh, people have just known grease paints out there. Grease paint is an awesome thing. Uh, what it is, is it's just cream makeup that they mix castor oil in it. And the reason it came out was for painting um, on latex. So latex does not like to take pigment. It doesn't like to hold it and things tend to slide right off it. So that's why uh, most of your simulates kits and stuff like that have big tubs of grease paint and it's RMG, rubber mask grease. And so all it is is a cream makeup with uh, castor oil in it. So it'll stick better. So and, the and it tends is, to be cheaper too, because you get that larger volume due to having the extra, you know, basically having the grease and all something mm -hmm. mixed into it. So rather than buy a small bruise wheel for 18 bucks, you can buy a tub of whatever color grease paint. So you mentioned Simulates, they'll send you three colors of it in every kit that you buy from them. Um, but just, just know if you're needing large quantities, this tends to be a bit cheaper than buying the, the wheels of the pallets. So, and then my favorite, and, and I will say there, it's not an end all be all. I actually like loading many, many things in my arsenal. First off, so we talked about in our first very intro episode, alcohol paints, and we just kind of glassed over it real quick. And, and I got a couple of different messages from people going, what are you talking about? So uh, alcohol paints are, are pigment that is activated by 99 or actually anything 90% up alcohol. And that is what will liquefy the pigment to allow it to transfer onto a mannequin, a person or something like that. Um, so it's alcohol activated paints and they call them you know, a bunch of different names, AA paints and stuff like that. Uh, but they come out by uh, brands called, uh, you know, like Skin Illustrator, EBA, which is formerly Europe, European Body Art. Um, uh, Real Creations, Stay Color, Bluebird. There's a lot of different brands on there. And the brands do make a difference. There are some in, less expensive brands that I haven't tried them yet and I need to. Um, but I, I'm addicted to EBA, Skin Illustrator, Real Creations. Those are the three that are in my wheelhouse in the United States that we can get pretty readily available. Oh, that also reminds me to say something. If uh, you're trying to get something we talk about in another country, email me. I love making friends in other countries to help you out and help you find things. So, um, but yeah, that's the alcohol paints. And I know that you haven't messed with those as much. I need to just send you a couple more palettes to play with. There is a bit of a learning curve um, on them. So you put 99% alcohol in there. The nice thing is if you put a bunch of alcohol, you can actually get a wash of color. So like a, a redness is easier and you don't tend to Sherwin-Williams paint it on there. Um, but if you allow that alcohol, a little bit less of it and let it absorb in and dig in with whatever you're using to paint with, you can get those brighter, darker colors. Um, so the other so thing that I like about this too, so the alcohol paints and like I said, I, I've worked with Skin Illustrator. I haven't played with a bunch of the other ones yet. I, a, I really like them because they tend to stay and then they don't rub off. They don't wear off. They tend to last a little bit longer. The downfall of course being it's not as simple as some of the other options because you can't just walk into any convenience store and walk out with 99% alcohol. That is something you have to plan ahead and you have to take with you. It's yes, it's, you can find it, but it's not always that easy. And so you've hard got to, to shop with. around a bit and if and it's hard to fly with, it's extremely flammable. And so I do like that, but what I also like is if you overshoot, all you do is sit there and wait for the alcohol to evaporate. So if you end up getting it too watered down or you're having a hard time getting it on, I find it easier for me at least to soak the brush in the alcohol and then take the brush to the, to the pigment. Yep. Uh, I've had good luck doing that. 
But if I do screw up and get too much on there, then just sit, wait for it to air out. As that alcohol evaporates, you have less and less liquid. And then as it gets less liquid, of course, the solidifies back into a solid. And that's actually how you can refill these pallets, which is awesome. You can buy mm -hmm. the liquid version of the, of the alcohol paint that comes sealed with a cap on it so it doesn't evaporate. You just spray it into the square of your pallet. You walk away from it overnight, leave it open. You come back, all the alcohols evaporated out, and you've just refilled that whole square, which you cannot do with a cream makeup. You run out no. of one of the cream makeup, and you're pretty much done with that color. Yep. Um, at least until you buy another palette. You can't get as much cross-contamination. Mean, you can get cross-contamination, but it's a little harder in the way it does it. Uh, and I don't, we kind of touched on cross-contamination. You want to think about what you're putting on people. And uh, so like cream makeup, I'm big on not dipping from the – the, the palette's um, color and putting it directly on a patient because as soon as you take that and dip it back for more color, you've now put whatever's on that pa that uh, role player in the palette and now every single cascading person gets that on them. Um, so yeah, I, I love alcohol paints. They're not, they don't uh, sweat off. They don't transfer onto clothing as much. Um, they're just, they're expensive. So you might actually get a little sticker shock and go, oh, that big pallet's $80. And those jerks told me to buy this. I'm telling you, I've had one of those pallets, the FX pallet, which I think is the staple cornerstone to buy by Skin Illustrator or, you know, whatever comparable by another brand. I've had it for years and I've still got it. And I haven't had to refill it. It lasts so long. It's just great. This is it's February of 2020 right now. I bought mine in January of 2019 and you can't even tell the damn thing has been used. And so, I mean, you can see brush strokes in it, but it, every one of them still looks full. And so I, I agree. They last forever. So that 80 bucks, I said earlier, I paid 80 bucks for the, the Ben Nye palette. Those I will burn through easily in a year. Whereas mm -hmm. this thing, I've had it for over a year and I don't seem to have any, any visible use on it. Yep. So uh, one new find I've got, um, well, first off, before I talk about the new find, um, one thing we didn't write down that I want to talk about is uh, for real people only, not for mannequins, um, bruise gels. The bruise gels we will have to go into. I mean, I could have a whole nother episode on that. And what's great is um, they're, they're water-based, so they're safe to use around the eyes. But when they absorb into the skin, they look like they are an in the skin effect. Whereas cream, a lot of times they look like it's on top of the skin. Um, the bruise gels by Skin Illustrator and a few of the other ones, um, they're just so nice. And for doing redness around a laceration or something, now it won't go into the prosthetic as much if you have a prosthetic, but if you're doing bruising, oh man, it just looks so nice. So take a look at those. Uh, again, the cheapest way to find those I found is on Friends Beauty with the Friends with Benefits program, uh, and they last a long time. But the, the newest thing I found is I, I'm a big fan of um, Tinsley Studios and I like their tattoos. I like, um, you know, some of their other, you know, things that they offer. I'm not going to get into here, but the newest thing that I've seen that they've got is, and, and they pretty much sell this to the Halloween crowd and they're pushing it to that, but I, it's so good is they have an injury color set. It's got four colors and a little tiny bit of blood and it's a drying pigment that doesn't tend to transfer and the entire set with a brush is $15. You can get it right on Tinsley Studios uh, website and uh, I've played with it. I'm, I'm falling in love with it. I don't know how well it stains mannequins. I still got to do another stain test, but um, you know, it comes with, you know, a dead flesh, um, a prime blue an angry red and a black. And then on the back, they've got this mixing, uh, 
set of how to get like purples and stuff like that. And I'm telling you what, I, I'm, I'm going to start just giving these away. Um, maybe we should do that. Maybe for our 1K download, we'll start having a, a, a contest and give away a set of these. Uh, we're not, you know, full of a lot of money, but that might be something we could give away. But uh, that is something I'm, I'm super excited about lately. It's, uh, and they've actually got more stuff they're coming out with. I've talked to them a lot, and they're just a great, great company. Tinsley transfers is super fun, dude. So, oh, they're so nice. they're, they are cheap, which, like we said, that a lot of this, that, that's important to us, right? Is we, hey, we got to play with this. You're literally using stuff up that you know you're going to end up throwing away or eventually emptying out. And so to be able to go on there and just grab a couple things, seven, eight, fifteen dollars whatever, is really nice when we're used to looking at $80, $100 pallets, you know, or we're talking about prosthetics. We could spend a fortune on prosthetics which is why we make a lot of them. <laughs> and, and I have. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, Tinsley's a cool, it's a cool little setup. You set it yourself. Dude. It's, it's mostly Halloween, so you have to dig through a bunch of bullshit. But once you get through that, there are some hidden gems on that website. And the transfers themselves, the, the 3D stencil, or the, not stencils, I'm sorry, the 3D tattoos, et cetera, there's some really cool stuff you can find on there. And, and again, super cheap. All right, so let's talk about. So we we kind of touched on basic makeups at this point, and and again, that's exactly what this is. It's super basic pigments. If that's what's out there for just doing simple paint on skin stuff, uh, when we come back and do the prosthetics episode, we will have to talk about actual transfers and tattoos. Although they're not officially prosthetics, it's something we should talk about at that point. But so let's just talk application methods. So now I want to take the makeup from the palette. I want to take it, you know, from the alcohol base, etc what do I do with it now? How do I get it from there to the body? And what effect am I going to see from each of the different applications? So uh, the number one go-to that people tend to use are the cosmetic wedges or the foam wedges. And um, I do love them because especially for cream makeups, they're cheap. You use one wedge per color per person. And you want to take some of the, when you're doing cream makeup, you're wanting to take uh, a little palette knife, put some on palette paper, put something on something else, then use your wedge on that paper because you could actually mix, you can do all kinds of things and not contaminate because every Ben Nye wheel I've ever seen out of a public moulage kit, every color is mixed into every, you have green in the yellow every time. So don't do that. Please, please, please don't do that. The big key about using the makeup wedges, and there's a lot of people doing this, and this is, I'm not the first person to say this by a long shot, but don't use it in its normal form. You want to actually pick little pieces off of it and you want to actually make the end of that wedge rounded because in nature, most injuries don't have a sharp edge. 90% of them don't have a sharp edge. But if you just grab that makeup wedge with that nice block square edge, you put it in your makeup palette, you're going to put nice lines on the person and it will look fake as hell. So don't do it. You just want to round it off. Uh, I've seen a lot of people, what they'll do is take one, and they'll tear it in half. And then once they do that is they pull off their edge and, you know, they have kind of a Mars or a moon looking shape on the end of it. And it, it just creates such a better effect. Um, another thing I like talking about is stipple sponges. And uh, this is where I, I get into fanboying a little bit because uh, we talk about this podcast a lot, but it's the, the battles with bits of rubber with Stuart Bray and Todd Debrasini. But uh, one of his, he was talking about, Stipple sponges. And he's like, I can't understand why people go to the stores and they get this little tiny wedge. And you've all seen them. They're black. They look like big open cell foam. And uh, they spend $3 on this little tiny wedge. 
if you go to the fish supply store and like fish tank supply store and you ask for uh, the filters or reticulated foam is the fancy word for it, but look for fish filter. It's the same stuff. It's not black and you can get a sheet of it. I bought it off eBay all the time and it's usually like a one foot by one foot by like two inch block of it. And I cut them, I use them. And when they get nasty, I don't care. And I throw them away. So what's your, uh, that's, that's my two. What is your take on uh, brushes? So I stole the stipple sponge thing from you and did the reticulatum foam. And I think I paid like 14 bucks for a two foot by two foot square, which is just Amazing. ridiculous. I know. And the thing is the first time you do it, you're like, Oh my God, those guys are the best in the world. Well, and I use, I use reticulated sponge, like reticulated foam or stipple sponges a lot too, because it's the different effects you can get from it are pretty broad. So blood splatter, easy, oh, dab yeah. it on there. But then you need a rash. That's the perfect texture to do a rash. It's the perfect texture to do petechia if you're trying to do like an you know, asphyxia. And so I, I like that I can get multiple kind of more natural patterns out of that than I can out of the actual foam wedges. If I want foam wedges though, I'm not going to the beauty store. I'm going to buy them in like the 600 pack from Sam's club or Walmart yes. or whatever, because again, it's the same shit and they're charging me three times as much to get it from the beauty shop uh, or from any specialty you know, store or whatever. So just load up on this stuff. And again, the reason you need to load up on it is you should only be using one per color per person and it should go in the trash. If you've only got 10 or 12 of these things in your kit, you're going to try and reuse them or you're going to try and save what you can from them. Chuck them, grab more. And for $1.99, you can get about 300 of these from Walmart. Uh, so talking about yeah. actual brushes, I, I have a combination of super cheap Amazon brushes and a couple really nice makeup brushes. And the reality is I like the cheap brushes. They are, again, I don't have to worry about breaking them. And I can get for seven or eight bucks, I can buy like a 20 brush set that has all the different brush sizes I need. Now I can keep the bigger ones around and more expensive ones when I need them. But this way it's like, hey, I'm gonna ruin this brush in order to apply this. Okay, I don't give a shit. The brush only cost me a fraction of a dollar and I'll get oh, yeah. three more that came in the kit that are exactly the same size. And so I like to buy super cheap brushes in super big quantities I can try to find the link of the last set that I bought, but I want to say it was eight bucks and it was 20 or 30 brushes. And I'll see if I can. Yep. I'll throw mine in too. Cause uh, for my classes, I, uh, I do clean them cause I'm brutally frugal, but um, they're $6 and 50 cents for an entire set. And the really cool thing about cheap brushes is so expensive brushes are super durable. They're super nice and you can clean them with acetone and they're not going to fall apart. I mean, if you actually take a cheap brush and you show it, like show it the bottle of acetone, it'll fall apart right on you, right in front of you. But um, you can actually mangle and mash. And, and right now you can't see I'm bashing a, a fake brush, imaginary brush that's in my hand on the desk. And you can get really cool effects out of a, a cheap brush that you mangle and you destroy and you cut and you don't have to feel bad about it. So I'm like you, I've got a mixture of Delian brushes that I love and I've bought on sale, every sale I can possibly find. Um, and I use those and I use the cheap brushes because the cheap ones I can throw away. I have no emotional attachment. If something happens to one of my Delian brushes, oh, I would go to pieces. So chip brushes, have you used, because I want to I want to go back to stipple sponges after we talk about chip brushes on purpose. Do you use chip brushes? 
Yes. Yeah, so usually when I play with chip brushes, though, I'm doing the prosthetic things. That's when I'm playing with the silicones. Ooh. So I don't necessarily Why? use them a whole lot. It's just they're cheap. They're easy to use. I can no. brush in nice and smoothly and then I chuck them out. <laughs> so but what I mean is in what way? How are you using the chip brushes? Because I don't think I use mine with silicone. So that's I'm fascinated. Brushing silicones into a mold. So this is something like oh. those skins. I will brush silicones into a mold and you get a nice smooth layer with them. I but Not on people. Yep, no, I've not used them on people. So I Ooh, use gotta, gotta, gotta. cheap, cheap, cheap chip brushes that I pick up from Harbor Freight. If you have a Harbor Freight nearby, you can buy them by the case. They'll sell you like 36 brushes for like, I don't know, eight to 12 bucks or something ridiculous. Uh, and they do have multiple sizes. You can get a two inch, get a four inch, et cetera. And so going to Harbor Freight, super cheap, gives you access. While I'm talking about Harbor Freight, because we weren't going to talk a whole lot about airbrushing, the oh, Harbor Freight $10 budget airbrush kit is another really good, easy intro. And for 10 bucks, if you gunk it up with a bunch of shit and you can't get it cleaned out, you can throw it away. Uh, I always kind of shied away from hardware from Harbor Freight just because it's known to be a little bit cheaper until I realized more recently, I've had one of these things in my garage for years and I kept, I've managed to keep it clean and keep it usable. Uh, but I realized recently at Monster Makers, that is the airbrush they ship out with their mask making kits. They ship out a Harbor Freight airbrush. <laughs> That's cool. Yep. And so, so for 10 bucks, you can, you can grab that thing and get started in airbrushing. If you hate it, throw it the hell away. If you love airbrushing, then drop the 55 or 60 bucks on a Pache or something, you know, like a, a Badger, et cetera. Like all the crap I've bought and spent too much money on. And uh, by the way, I tell people in every class I'm in, I am the uh, cautionary tale of what not to do. I have spent way too much money on it. Don't tell my wife. But going back to chip brushes. So I'm showing, uh, you know, you guys can't see the video. I'll try to show a picture of it. But Will, I want you to take these chip brushes and I want you to put them in your kit. And what you do is you take a one inch chip brush. You've spent almost no money on 50 cents and you cut the brushes uh, you cut the bristles halfway down, okay? So what you're doing is you're left with, so all the little feathery edges on the end, you're gone, and you're left with a very stiff bristle. And you can do so much with this. It is insane. Um, Todd Debrasini's book, he will teach you this if you read that chapter. Uh, his books are great. So two things you can do, especially with alcohol paints. And by the way, if you don't have alcohol paints and you still want to do a clean, like a wash, a light wash, did you know you can take a little bit of alcohol or cream makeup and mix in alcohol and it gives you a thin wash. Then you take this stiff bristled brush. You can even do a toothbrush, but this just works better and it's cheaper and we don't care about it. You go in, you pick up some of that pigment and then you run your finger over the bristles and you can flick little tiny dots. And instead of doing the Sherwin-Williams big swath of red, you can get a nice different size pigments of, um, of little dots that will give you a nice field of redness. The other thing I do is I will take alcohol paints and I will get that prime red or I will get a, a bruise uh, and I will take and get it very, very light. And I will then take it and I will swap it across an area I want to have a, uh, a graze. So like say it's scraped, say it's like road rash. And so I will get a very light and you'll get different depths of color just by quickly bapping it, bapping it, bapping it on somebody's skin. Then go back with a stipple sponge, go to your bruise gel, your blood gel, you dip your um, stipple sponge in there and you do scrapes. So that will give you the redness of the bruising and the gel gives you the scrapes and the little cuts. And those two techniques 
are awesome on a tiny, tiny little dime. So when we head out for ops or ghosts this year, I'm gonna have to bring the camera and we should just make a couple short videos of this shit and just totally. sit down and go through each of these things because uh, I can see you, right? And so I know yes. what you're demonstrating. Oh, I know. And so this is gonna be one of those things. I think people are gonna get something out of it. They're gonna hear it and be like, oh, I think you know, I know what he means. But I think if we sat down and just did five minutes of like, hey, here's what we wanna do, that we would, it just, it would get across so much easier. People can see exactly what you're talking about. And, and I promise our listeners, listeners right now, I'm making this commitment that you will get these videos. We will do them. Uh, and, and again, feedback helps. So let us know, but we're going to do it either way. Cause yeah, we're doing a lot of this stuff that is, we're talking about it. We're giving you the opinions, the passion that what we like, what do we don't, but showing you stuff is not a, po- a non-video podcasts, uh, strong suit. And you're talking about cutting, uh, cutting any brush down. And so one of the cool things is, you know, yeah, you're making the brush shorter, you're making it tighter. What you're also doing is you're, you're shortening the loft too. So instead of having this, you know, one inch brush that fans out to two inches, it cuts the brush down to the point that maybe it only fans to one and a quarter inch, or maybe it sticks tight at that one inch where it's bound up. Yep. Uh, my experience with the Harbor Freight chip brushes, like I said, I like them. Just know that they are exactly that. They're Harbor Freight chip brushes, and so they're going to shed. In fact, I've never had a brush that didn't shed to some extent from anywhere. Uh, and so just make sure you get them wet and just bang those bristles out, run them across a sharp edge like the corner of a table or a desk for a couple minutes before you try using them, and otherwise you're going to end up with little tiny hairs and whatever it is you're working on. I am so glad you mentioned that because, again, I can't remember where I heard this from, but I think it was Stuart and Todd. Before they use their chip brushes, you know, the day before whatever, they buy cheap, you know, Harbor Freighter dollar store super glue, and they just run super glue at the base of the brush. So what it does is they'll still try to pull bristles out, but it will glue a lot of those bristles together where you don't need them to move, and it holds a lot of those bristles in. Again, you're using a fraction of a penny of super glue on a 50 cent chip brush in a little bit of time. And it was just a really cool, I heard that and I'm like, oh, that would be brilliant. So and back to Harbor nice Freight, tip. you can get like five tubes of super glue for a dollar. So oh, yeah. <laughs> like Harbor and Freight is one of those things that you, you talk to people like, oh, I'll never buy tools from there. And I'm like, you know what? I've had good luck with them, right? Something breaks, you just take it back to them anyway. Or, you know, or somebody, more importantly, if I break something I bought there, I know I need to spend more money and buy a better one. Yep. Uh, but when we're talking about stuff that I am literally going to throw away, brushes, potentially a cheap airbrush, who cares, man? Use it. Yep. When it's ready to go in the trash, throw it away. Why would I spend four or five bucks on a brush when I can get 30 of them for 10 or $12 or whatever it is, depending on the size? Don't be as cheap as I am because I try to save that stuff. All right. So. so then, you know, we talked about, these are all kind of the, the broad, you know, airbrush, chip brushes, regular makeup brushes, foam wedges, et cetera. These are things that we see all the time. But don't mm-hmm. forget the other cheap, real easy stuff out there. And one of the biggest ones that I use the hell out of is Q-tips. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't buy the wooden stick with the cotton swab on the end and pay a bunch of money for those. And when I do, I buy like 500 of them anyway. Mm-hmm. But just straight up Q-tips from the, grocery, from the grocery store or from wherever. This is something that's super easy. We all have access to it. And again, I'm not going to think twice about throwing it away where if it's something more expensive, like we get that cross-contamination thing where it's like, okay, I don't want to chuck it. I'm going to try and wash it off and use it on somebody else. This way, we're just simply use it, throw it in the trash. I have a serious question for you. All right. Some people are very particular about this. Q-tips. The, the, the main body of the Q-tip, paper or plastic? I don't care. They honestly, I like the paper. I don't care. I, know, I don't so, like the plastic. 
Yep. As all I care about is that the <laughs> cotton is secured well enough. It doesn't come off yes. in, in the piece that I'm working on. Uh, and, and again, I, yes, most of them are rolled up paper that basically has a cardboard texture. Some of them are the hard plastic. I don't give a shit. It doesn't make yep. a difference to me. I just find that the, the cardboard one works better for me. I'm just crazy. You know, the other thing is uh, CC cups are great. And they're, they're a wonderful thing when you can score them cheap or free, but a lot of times it's not. Uh, so the, if you want little cups that'll work for you, they have at uh, all your grocery stores, they have little tiny, tiny condiment cups with lids that you can buy and they're super stupid cheap. And we're talking, they're about the size of a CC cup, a little bit bigger. And so if you cannot score CC cups cheap enough, because I'm cheap, uh, doesn't sound it, but I am. And, uh, you know, those things, I buy them all the time. And I actually buy different sizes of cups. And it's just nice to be able to use that, you know, have one to clean brushes, have one that's got some alcohol in it, and things like that is, uh, you know, like you're saying, the Q-tips, the uh, also cotton rounds. I love cotton balls and cotton rounds, keeping those two different things for different effects and different reasons around. So you're talking about the staples of a kit, man, those things. And the biggest thing I want you to go out and buy at the dollar store, because that's where I buy my super glue, is the makeup cleanup wipes. They're a little thing of what look like baby wipes, but they're not. And they are the best thing for, oh no, I didn't mean to do that. You grab one of those makeup cleaning wipes and you're able to wipe off what you just did and start over. And, and also at the end of an exercise, you have to clean your people. Don't send them home like this. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's just bad form, uh, especially if you've glued anything on someone. Uh, let them know how to get it off properly and not screw up their skin. They kind of have to live with that skin for a while. The other thing with those makeup wipes, right, is if you don't burn through them super fast, they sometimes dry out. All yep. you have to do to reactivate them is just spray a little makeup remover into that bag. It's, and it's basically a bag, right? It's what baby wipes yep. come in. Yep. And so if they do dry out, you're having a hard time with them, you can reactivate with water. But if you have makeup remover, spray it in there. It's super easy and, and it just comes right out. Or you don't have access to the makeup remover wipes and just get those little circle disc cotton pads and do the same thing. Spray makeup remover on those and it'll just wipe stuff right off. All right, man. So uh, I don't know. I think uh, obviously we have a lot to continue on to with those next few. We start talking about some prosthetics, maybe go into a little bit about casting and molding our own. Uh, so what do we got left here? Or are we ready to move on and jump into another topic next time? I think uh, we've done enough for right now. Uh, we talk about the materials, some basic materials. Uh, in the next few episodes, I also want to talk about, you know, people underestimate the effect of a 2D painted or two-dimensional non-prosthetic-based uh, makeup. And, and it's all about learning your shadows and highlights, something I struggle with and I'm trying to work on myself. But uh, shadows and highlights um, and some different materials. But this was just a primer into talking about a little bit of you know, review on safety and, and just uh, some different pigmenting and ways to apply it. I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, what do you think, sir? I think we're good, man. I think uh, we've talked in the next one or the one after that, I think we're, we're going to go and jump into kind of a heavy silicone, basically run through all the different types of silicone that are out there, how we're using them, what they're going to go into. And then again, starting with not only how to apply and use prosthetics that you can buy on the market, talk a little bit what's out there, but how is it that we're creating our own prosthetics, whether they're actual skin buildup or whether we're casting and molding, et cetera. And so I think we've, we've definitely got our work cut out for us over the next few. We start jumping into some of the heavy stuff. You just mentioned like five episodes worth of material. I'm just it, saying. It so, really could be. Or some really like, stupid long one like that 3D one turned out to be. 
soapbox again please by all means give us some feedback uh we're on about every social media platform um one way or another we're on the facebooks the twitters the instagrams uh even linkedin a little bit uh, we don't have a specialized one but you can get to us there uh but please also go on to like apple Podcasts, leave us some reviews we love that stuff that lets us know we're doing something right and give us the feedback say yeah uh, guys i don't understand this give me a video on this and we're gonna do it the only reason we do this is to make all of us better. And if you know something better than us or you got a good tip, by golly, I want you to go tell us. Or if you didn't agree, call us out on it. I am totally ready for that. I'm ready for that first. You guys are a bunch of jerks. By all means, just give us the feedback and help us out. Helps us know what you want. All right, guys. Well, enjoy your night. Thanks for hanging out with us. And we'll see you next time.